What's up, Asher Fong Tao? Good to see you, dude. Ted Jones you. here. So this is the first time we're meeting, guys. You know, you sense, um, you know, a nice warm welcome from Asher. Uh, this is crazy, man. So I reached out to you on Instagram, just letting the viewers and listeners know. I I heard about your story uh, about 10 years ago around there, but I, I definitely want to talk about your life, um, you know, coming to the United States because you moved here from Nigeria when you were 13, no? Yeah, sure, you did your research. Yeah, dude, um, did a little bit of research. <laughs> yeah, pull you in here I did. Um, I moved here when I was 13 um, to Maryland, Elkridge, Maryland, and I uh, spent like a year there. Then I moved to Pittsburgh, went to high school, and then NYU. Did you speak English before you came to the States? Yeah, I mean, um, English is the de facto like first language in Nigeria. Oh, I do it speak is? one other language that's not, you know, not nearly as popular, um, but like, well, I haven't been there in a while. What language? <laughs> Hausa. Hausa. Yeah. Is that like a form of Nigerian country type language? It is essentially like, there's like, I would say 500 languages spoken in Nigeria. Hausa is like top three. All right. Cool. Yeah. Do, do, do you have um, like an influence of Nigerian music? Because I know that you're a rapper I mean, now, bro. And also you're wearing the headphones like a true rapper. Dude. <laughs> I so it's funny how I'm like trying to hear my own voice yeah, as well. Like, that's a little bit of oh, both. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Well, the, you know, like the, with the comedians and the rappers, like I freestyle and shit. So like I know how to hold the microphone like a rapper, but I also know how to hold it like a comedian. And it's like different, dude. Us, you have to us, change it. Yeah. Especially like at the end of my set, I'll do like a freestyle. Yeah. So I just have to like switch out my handle oh, really? and I'm like, like code switching a little bit with the okay. mic handles that's what's up um yeah i am uh i am a rapper um my influences are mostly american hilariously but like uh biggie tupac kendrick but the nigerian aspects of like my music is mostly like old school like fella kuti and like some of the stuff that my dad was playing and i heard one of your songs I, i'm sorry i can't remember the name but it was on youtube you released it like what like six or seven years ago a very chill music video i'll pop it up right here <laughs> oh my as goodness. um as i was doing the research i just forget Throwback. the song name send it dude. to me because i don't remember the okay. <laughs> yeah, well, we're popping it up game. right here man <laughs> so um i guess coming here from nigeria you went to an american school in nigeria or how did that look british actually like a british oh. curriculum I, dude i so. can sense a hint of british accent in you um do you ever Get try that? to get rid of that oh, so badly okay. but Dude, yeah no it's still there get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's uh it's still there yeah my mom spent time in america when she was younger like uh because my grandpa was like an ambassador or some shit from nigeria so she had american influences so i was watching american tv growing up and stuff but then i went to boarding school for like three years which was like a british curriculum so most of how I speak is like a little bit of a British influence, like lieutenant, you know, like I, how the British say. Yeah. Were there uh, a lot of just international kids going to that uh, school in Nigeria? There were kids like uh, there's this funny thing that Nigerians do, which like even when they come here and they settle down for like a generation, they tend to send their kids back to boarding schools in Nigeria. For, oh, like, really? Discipline or whatever. Uh -huh. So it was mostly like kids who lived in Nigeria, but there were a few like maybe a handful of kids who lived in the UK and were like spending their time here, like as punishment. Right. Oh, as punishment. Really? Yeah. Like punitive measures, like send you to this, like really intense Christian boarding school, get you like improve your manners and stuff. Also, isn't it, um, isn't it like pretty, I guess, European to send your kids to, uh, boarding school like we don't really do that so much in That's new york I'm saying. i really I mean, have not met US. a lot of people in the u.s who've gone to boarding school but yeah. it is like a very european thing to i mean we try to adopt as much right. european centric values as possible where did you go to school when you came here when you were 13 uh, i went to elkridge landing middle school for one year okay then uh high school which uh, I went to Taylor Alderdice High School. Where Where is that? Oh, in Maryland. That's in Pittsburgh. No, Pittsburgh. Because no, 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 I moved to Pittsburgh. Damn. Yeah, went to high school with Mac Miller. If you're oh, let's go, bro. That's so funny. Before you came in, like Mac Miller was the song before. Really? Shout out Mac, there? dude. Um, good day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fresh. Yeah, rest in peace, Mac Miller. <laughs> Cheek to cheek. Dude, he was fresh, man. I was really disappointed he when was, he passed I mean, away, you know? Yeah. Obviously, you know when anyone passes away, it's unchill. Yeah, but like but him and XXX, I thought were like just very, I thought they were going to be around for a long time, changing the music game. Yeah, I was a little pissed at him because like I really didn't get a chance to like use that high school connection. Mac Miller? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, rest in peace to Mac. Well, is he the, was he the same age as um, you? How old are you? 
I'm 28. I'm 29 this year. So he's um, like kind of around the same age as us. I'm 31. Yeah, he was two grades, maybe three above me. Like when I was a 10th grader, I think. What, dude, senior, were you in like the cafeteria when he was freestyling and shit? I think I was jealous enough that I saw him from afar, but never like. No. I think, to be honest, man, like rap, high school me was not cool or into cool stuff. So I think Mac Miller, which was a cool thing, yeah. was not like attractive to me i was like ah this white kid's trying to rap right but like, like was it. that the full consensus with everybody no in your not school? at all he was very popular he was filming like i mean wizard already be become a rapper at that time so we were like on wizard's coattails looking for the next like dude that wiz. was like what that was and like he was the next wiz you that know? was like and one of the first vlogs i really started to watch day to day with wiz khalifa really yeah dude on youtube i mean this is probably like 10 years ago when like YouTube vlogs, I think were first really being introduced. He was like one of the, one of the first goats. Did they, they both went to your high school? Yeah. I never met Wiz, but uh, yeah, I met Mac and I think like, honestly, Wiz like is still an inspiration, even though I never met him. Yeah. Like, dude, I still I listen love to him, a lot dude. of Wiz. Still, it, like it gives me hope that I'm like able to smoke as much weed <laughs> and still be like, oh yeah, Wiz does it. It's all good. Hashtag 420, baby. You yeah. know what I mean? Dude, <laughs> yeah. like smoking a bunch of joints during the day. I'm like, well, if Wiz does it, I can fucking that's do exactly it. exactly you know what, I mean? what I'm saying. I'm going to try it at least, like see how long it goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 10 to 15 joints a day. You should be good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you grew up um, in suburban life, kind of. What happened for high school years? Uh, high school years. I grew up in the city. It was like mostly like a, a white Jewish community. Okay. I, like, um, but I think my senior year, I switched. I switched high schools and I went out to what is like still the suburbs, but it was very much like um, a different environment, less less more segregated. I would say uh -huh. like I met way less black people like when I switched high schools senior year. Okay, and where was that? Baldwin High School. That it was like just. In New outside York, Baldwin? Of, um, no, uh, Pittsburgh, like Pennsylvania, just like Damn. outside of the, uh, the outskirts of Pittsburgh. Senior year in high school, did you have a lot of college options before you came to NYU? Um, I had two. I had um, the University of Pittsburgh, which is where my mom works okay. to this day. And um, I had NYU, which was like, uh, I hadn't even finished the Pitt application when I got NYU acceptance. Dude, I feel like they probably were going to give you like all the money in the world if you went to Pitt. Really? Right? I, so. I mean, I was trying. Well, to I mean, if you got into NYU, I feel like that. I NY was trying to get out of that city, Ted. Oh, yeah. It was like, I feel there like was nothing <laughs> that was going to keep me. I don't know if you've ever been to Pittsburgh, but it's. Like, I went to Ligonier one time. Where, cool. where is that? Like, it's super quiet town near Pittsburgh. Okay. My aunt was living there for like a year. Like, it, it was crazy, dude. Did if you I, have a good time? <laughs> It was nice to see my family, but <laughs> no, not really, it's dude. It's tranquil. It's extremely boring. Right. Like, um, Very suburban. I'm trying to have a little fun before I die. So Absolutely, I, I bro. Coming to New York was like, I still visit Pittsburgh, and I appreciate it for what it is. This right. is not a trash Pittsburgh podcast, but it's certainly like a realistic I mean, we're talking about the goats of Pittsburgh. Yeah, you, me, Mac, Mac Miller, and Wiz. And Wiz. Let's go, dude. <laughs> Absolutely, man. When did you, uh, when did your music influence kind of take over? When you got to NYU and you were like, yo, look at all this diversity. Um, White kids, maybe, black kids, Asians maybe. hanging? Honestly, it's, um, my best friend to this day is, um, he grew up in, in North Cal. He grew up in, in San Francisco, the Bay, yeah. okay, specifically, and he the um, what was it? The Bay. <laughs> no, no, but what is it? The fizz, fizzle dance. You know what I'm talking about? Your <laughs> boy that, definitely yeah. knows what I'm talking about. You literally look just like you're like oh, I miss him so much. But that yeah, that was my guy. He introduced me to hip hop on a level that I hadn't really like appreciated. Okay, which is kind of upsetting because he's Korean and I'm black. And uh, it was like, okay, right. It was right, kind right. of like, but like my info, my education, I should say, started freshman year. Of NYU and okay. shit didn't really like pop off until I almost ruined my life. You know, it, there wasn't really much to rap about as uh, an NYU freshman until my sophomore year, which is when I did a little bit too much. And and then I had like all this like internal stimulus. You know, there was like such a need to like create stuff. So I was like, rap. Like this is something that I think I'm already really good at even though I wasn't, but that was the, you know, the confidence level of a rapper. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to express myself and figure out how to heal, so to speak, from what was kind of a shitty experience. Did you uh, live on campus for freshman and sophomore year? I did. Um, uh, they kicked me out <laughs> as a result of my actions in my sophomore year, but I lived um, just off Third Ave in Manhattan both years. Like both 12th years. Street or something? 11th and, yeah, yeah between like 11th and 12th. 
um, the third north is what it's called. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Britney though, I think I, it was like right around there. Maybe um, they changed I, the name. Also, I, they change names very frequently, yeah, okay. but I I know ours is still OG Third North. Yeah, up. I walk past it all the so time. So my yeah. parents actually met in the Britney. They went, went to NYU. Are you serious? Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, NYU. Yeah, yeah. NYU, doggy. <laughs> but the thing was, when they went, it, apparently it was like really, it was like not cool to go to NYU. Like it wasn't something to be Did proud that of. Change at some yeah, point. Yeah, dude. Think like movies and like some TV shows. It was. Just started U, like, I think it's U Miami and NYU. Really, like in the past twenty years, just everybody it. just wants to go to Miami or be in New York City. So it's like that's why I think yeah. it's just grown so much. Every time I look up uh, someone. Famous, like every other famous person is like, oh yeah, NYU Tish. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people want to be in NYU, even though it costs seventy thousand dollars a year, kid. <laughs> All right, dude. So, Astro, let's. Um, you were talking about it briefly, man. I think let's get to. Uh, let's get to this incident that you had, bro. So, what was this sophomore year during uh, a party? Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. So let's let's go from there. Um, so it's Halloween. Um, I want to paint the picture for you because it seems really depressing. My girlfriend, on and off at the time, um, had broken up with me in a just like chill fashion. Just like I never want to see you again. I hate your guts. Like text she went to NYU. No, she went to Baldwin, which is oh Pittsburgh. shit. Was this like a long distance relationship? It, well, we were trying to make it work. Oh, bro. I, by the she, way, before you get into it, I had a situation like this too, <laughs> like long distance. And like the thing is with long distance, and you have a breakup. I feel like it's worse than the shorter distance because you feel like up. yeah, dude. And you also thinking like, what is she doing out there? What is she doing, <laughs> um, bro? That's funny that you say that. I mean, I found out what she was doing. I mean, she has a. I don't know if I should say this. You could say it. Dude. She's she has she had a baby, you know, like she she's like um she she had a baby with um my high school bully actually. I don't no, think either of them dude. even connected this. Like different high schools obviously. Like How um, old how old were you at this? Oh, you were like 20 years old. So she's 19. Was 20, she yeah, was but no, I didn't know any of this at the time. All I knew is that she sent me a text. She was like, "I hate you. I don't want to speak to you anymore." What would you do? I broke I it up. Um I had a night, you know, I think like in reaction to it, I was like, "Fuck it. That's uh, a ball." So my friends and I, we went out to a couple of parties. We're having a lot of fun, smoking a lot of weed. And I we settled back at an NYU dorm. And then we did some more drugs. And I think I, I hit my limit. Just like, we'd done so much. You're drinking all night, smoking. But uh, then we did some... Perhaps nose beers. You don't have to confirm. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, we we did some we did some drugs, some yeah. very specific mind altering chemicals that um, did not affect my friends nearly as like potently as they affected me because I was a newbie and my friends were tripping every other weekend to see pretty lights. So I was in this space where there were all these like experienced psychedelic minds and me like going through like the greatest awakening. I, I'd done acid before once you were in a dorm room at the time when I you was were in with a everyone dorm room at the time yeah we were sitting around and then i was just i started freaking out and i was just like silently inward like freaking the fuck out about these drugs so i took a step out and i don't think anyone even noticed because that's when things get a little like spacey because i go from the dorm i'm on to the roof and then i come you mean back how down. you remember it exactly it's all like choppy i just remember leaving the dorm with my friends Ended up on the roof somehow. With them? No, no, no. I was singular by the time this activity began. So I, I think I I pulled the fire alarm because I was freaking out about some shit. Like, my mind was just going a little crazy. Um, I opened, I knocked on this girl's door. Her name was Kat, and I had a friend back home who was comforting. And I knocked on Kat's door. She opens up, and I'm like, help me. I'm, like, in distress from these mind-altering chemicals. And she's like, I don't know who you are, man. Like, can you leave my dorm? No, 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 no. This was in your head. No, real life. Like, but I, I thought she, she was your friend. No, her name was Kat, and I had a friend from. Yeah, yeah. so I it's mind on, but it was on some other shit. Like, um, I don't know where you are today, but if you're watching this video somehow, I'm sorry because I freaked out a lot of people. Uh, I was okay, but how did the okay? Dorms. So how did the, this girl named Kat though? You had somebody in your mind who was a friend back home, Catherine named? Schmutzer. We were close in high school. Like, I uh, hope she's doing well, but right. like, you know, we're not friends anymore or anything like that. But, but who she was, was the, yeah, kind ahead. to me, like you know, like as a friend and yeah. comforting energy. And I thought, Kat, she'll help me, and went right to knocked on this girl Kat's door and wasn't obviously the same cat and did not get the reaction I expected. But that was like how my I'm just giving you an example of how my mind was running at the time. There's also no 13th floor on in this dorm. It's called the Lafayette dorm at NYU. And going down the stairs after I pulled the fire alarm was disorienting for some reason. Because when I figured out there was no 13th floor, I started to freak out. 
um, lots of stuff. So at the end of all of this, I fell off the roof uh, somehow, made it back up to the roof, fell in between a parking structure and the dorm. There's like this tiny, I want to say like two inch, three inch long space. It's enough to house uh, a very thin Nigerian boy. And it was like just enough space for me to fall through, like hit a few edges not like a direct fall but certainly like i have contusions all over my body from it so there's like it's a little bouncy and then i remember like being at the bottom of this what what seemed like a prison of some sorts it's hard to like explain how i felt at the time because i was so sure i was having a dream you know half of it is like dreamy and the other half is like holy shit am i like dead right now you know so that was how i got to this point, I guess, <laughs> like, um, I think the accident was one thing, but then like the aftermath was another thing, if that makes any sense. Like, so what time was it? When do you think you fell? Um, November 1st, like 7 a.m. is when I say I fell. And oh then my they found me like two days later. So I'd spent like, I spent 36 hours alone, just like thinking about God and me in between and, two buildings, uh, tripping balls. So you fell at around 7 a.m. on November 1st. Do you kind of sort of remember when you came back to fully consciousness where you were sober and being like, what? Yeah, the fuck? I, I tried to like rescue myself. There, there were like some cables, like, I don't know, some, some, I can't explain, like a structure that wasn't, it was probably just like some cabling or something that I was just kept trying to hoist myself. Like, I know the kids were like spreading rumors saying that you tried to cut your arm off. That's like, like, like the like, most hilarious <laughs> thing. Cause it's like, hour, that's not, I literally can't get over that humor because I, I didn't have the wherewithal to be like, I'm going to cut my arm off right now. I couldn't feel my arm. Like, so I only had this one. So I was like lying on this. I'd broken this. I had no idea. Um, but so what time if you fell at seven, what 7am, what time do you think you came back to consciousness? I would say the of? next day, the next, like maybe that night, 12 hours later. Yeah. So something that like night. that. Yeah. So that night I come to, I pee myself. I remember that. Yeah, bro. I was going to ask you if you need to like drop a deuce. Yeah. I, I know. I did not do a number two. Okay, I think, good. uh, definitely did a couple number ones. Yeah. Uh, Cause it was cold, man. It was November. I got frostbite from just being there. So what? yeah. Like in November first. Yeah, I think it was especially cold. Yeah, auto. it sounds like that. Um, yeah, I got frostbite. In my you still have heel, all your you still have all your all my digits, feet? but there's some. Yeah, yeah, there's still like um, I'm not a frostbite expert, but yeah, there's still some residual like cell damage or whatnot. Yeah, um, I came to like peed myself. You know, had a whole bunch of like thought processes of like where am I? Like are my friends hiding me in some closet? Like, so some November so joke. November first at like twelve hours later, six PM, seven PM. Yeah. Like, what the I'm fuck? Like I'm figuring in between, out, like what's I'm in between going two on. buildings. Yeah, yeah. That that was not the con the concept. I, I thought closet space. I thought I some at the bottom of someone's it it's hard to explain what it looks like, but I remember like looking up at the sky, you know, like cause it was still grayish. It was raining. Um and I thought like, oh, this shit might be hell. Like, did you I, think you were in a dream? Maybe I grew up very religious, and I still hold a lot of the tenets of Christianity like to my heart. And hell is one of the like deepest things they try and like explain to you. Like, it's gonna be bad in ways you don't understand. And I thought like, oh shit, like this is my hell. Like I have done, I've transgressed, <laughs> and now I'm like being judged for all my sins and whatnot. So like that was probably one of the the closest things I remember to feeling like extremely like, like, Oh, this is done. Like I'm, did you start screaming as soon as you like came to conscious? Like, I yelling, uh, I would say, but like, I didn't have the lung capacity to be screaming. Like, damn, I was like, when they brought me out and they took me to the hospital, I had a bunch of like just foreign objects in my lungs, like, like dust particles. Yeah. Types. Just from breathing that shit for a day and a half. Fuck. Yeah, and there must have been like paint, uh, chip paint, also in between those two oh, buildings and shit man, that hadn't been painted in fifty asbestos. years. Asbestos. Right, 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 <laughs> That's right, where right, they right, store right. all the asbestos in the city in that little like two inch crawl space. Uh, yeah, I I remember like calling for help and then someone from the roof like screaming out, "What are you doing down there?" And I was like, "I don't know." So when, when was that though? Out. Did you fall asleep 
um, from I, I, like I kept coming back November first, like, seven p.m. Sleeping, waking up, and like this like oh. waking dream, like kind of like a cycle. Oh so it's, yeah. It's what like, was it, what do you think the point the like the peak point of you bugging the fuck out? Bugging, I think when I did try to like free myself, like I so I when was that? How many hours in? You probably had? twenty hours in, or maybe fifteen. Where at the midpoint where I'm like. I can do this. Like I'm gonna be the guy who like frees himself from this thing. And I thought, because I'm I'm a stubborn and driven individual, and I thought like I could really just get through this if I just put enough like of my mind into it, enough of my like. But I couldn't. Obviously, that's goes without saying. Shout out to the FDNY. The only way I got out of that space was they had to drill a hole through the parking structure on the other side to get me out. Like there was no like they couldn't. They tried to let a, a rope down from the the roof, but I, I there was no way I was gonna like grab onto that, and like pull myself up. So they were like, "We gotta go in from the bottom." Was that the super who found you? I don't know who found me. I just know I heard someone like screaming, "What are you doing down there?" And my response was like, just like in a comical like like I don't know, but help me, you know, like when you get a chance. Like, and then right after that, do you remember like you being helped? I remember like what it was like to speak to the guys who were talking to me because I just wanted to like. I wanted to stay alive and yeah. I thought like just keeping my brain like active would be helpful. So I was like, just kind of like appreciative. Like, thank you so much for like helping me out. Like, like I'm so sorry to, to make you have to come all the way to Tribeca. Were to, you? Yeah. Tribeca. Yeah. You mean in between the buildings? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. I'm just like, my Uber is waiting for me. <laughs> sorry. I'm, were you super hungry too? Um, I couldn't eat anything. No, I know, but like mentally, were you like, uh, I'm hungry now, like I want to get out, I'm hungry, I have to pee, now it's getting, when did it start to get super uncomfortable? Were you like, I might die? I know you said you were super stubborn. At the midpoint, yeah, at the midpoint of like struggling, failing to hoist myself through this up against, not knowing that like half of my body was broken, like I'd broken my (laughs) arm. Like you didn't really feel it? Yeah, it was absolute like shock and just not being able to like even access any of like what I felt below here. So I was like, oh. Like, I'm just going to need to pull myself up and I'll be fine. But none of that worked. And, like, the freaking out was, like, I just passed out, I think, and it came back to, you know. It wasn't, like. A few times. An active. Like, my, I think my mind has, at this point, like, just deleted some of those files for safety. You know? It must have been. Like, it's still traumatic to talk about. But, like, I don't remember enough of it to be, like, as traumatized as I could be. You fractured your skull. Was that, like, the worst uh, injury from that? Um. Well, this is like uh this Ooh, this is the bad boy that I z- zoom in on that. Can you show the camera? Yeah, where's like, where's like bro? Is, that looks like my neck too. Um, this is the like it's not as bad Ooh. as it looks, even though it's completely terrible. Like I is a compound uh, compartmentalized fracture, so so I like some metal the in there. That, yeah, I got some like uh, titanium screws and whatnot. And um, this is the worst, I think, because everything else has. Like I can hide everything else, but I still like have limited a little mobility. Bit. Exactly, I still like feel just like I can't sleep on my left side anymore. You know, I have to like be upright or on my right. Were your friends bugging out? Like who? Yeah, was my really friend Nick, worried? who uh, I told you about, who was helping with my music and stuff, Korean was freaking guy? out. Yeah, he he freaked out and called my mom. So what? He he woke up like the next day, one p.m. Because we lived in the same dorm and like dorm we, room. Or? Yeah, in alumni hall, which on like third. Not this. We weren't like dorm roommates, but we like lived in the same building. He was on like five, and I think I was on two, and like we'd hang out. We'd like been best friends for at least a, a year and a half and like i was his nyu friend so when i'd gone missing for like a day and i didn't return text messages or anything people like posting on my facebook he started to freak out personally it was like going to campus security they said wait 24 hours he tried to go to the cops called my sister called my mom and he, he got the ball rolling with like oh shit like this dude is missing and you need to find him did you have your phone on you at this point they found my phone, which I still have as oh, like yeah, a you keepsake totally at my house. Um, and it was like on the roof, and my shoes were also on the roof. I think somewhere. So did they check your location on the phone? Oh, did they? No, I don't think they. I had a Galaxy at the time, a oh, Samsung shit. Galaxy Three. Oh they yeah, didn't have this, like this, yeah, yeah this is a long time ago. It might even been before. It. Yeah, I think they didn't have locations at the time. The only like the clues were like the shit I left behind, like my shoes. Oh. Um, and my phone but i wonder i wonder how those shoes came off oh um, you just tripping i balls? was tripping balls like to be honest with you so it was it's 
it's it's hard to conceptualize what I was doing and why I was doing it. Just like a shedding of my like outer layers because I was uncomfortable. Was there a specific moment when you realized in the beginning that something was off, or it didn't really hit you until um, kind of the next morning? You wait, like you as soon like, as it happened, were you like, oh, this feels fucking real, and then you kind of settled into it, tripping wise? Um, no, I would say they were just like thinking about the catalyst of the night like i was like i just been broken up with and i was in the room with yeah, this bro. girl i was in the room oh with this girl God. i really liked and we were like vibing and hitting it off and so at some point thought processes just like clicked and something i started to freak out about my whole life and the trajectory of where i was going in life and then i just started to deep deep dive into my psyche and there's while not you specifics were there? yeah while i was sitting tripping with my friends and there's no specifics i can really remember i just I just suddenly adopted this internal fear of everything. And I did a little research on what it's like to like take LSD and it does affect a part of your brain called the locus Aurelius. It's where fear comes in. You. And like, I, I just remember being as terrified as I've ever been. Like this is before I fell or tripped or anything, like just the feeling of fear, like just everywhere. And I had to like get up and leave, you know, like that impetus to like, Oh, something's happening and I need to like go. So that's what I remember, like, and that's what, like, kind of got me freaked out. I was, like, just afraid of life, I guess, in general. Do you remember breaking down and just, like, crying as soon as you were found? I I think my mom was, like, the first voice I heard, like, when I got to the hospital. Like, aside from, like, this nurse who wouldn't let me eat anything, she said I had to, like, I could only have ice chips. And I was really pissed about that because, like, my internals were, like, they weren't sure if I was bleeding or whatever. But... Once I heard my mom, I started to, like, immediately, like, apologize, like, and she was a good sport about it. She was, like, laughing. She missed a conference, like, this conference she was supposed to go to in San Francisco, and she was, like, pissed about it. She was, like, why couldn't you wait it for, like, a couple of weeks to, like, almost die? <laughs> I had this, like, conference going on. So I, she helped so much to bring levity to what was otherwise an extremely, like, traumatic and emotional experience. I didn't cry much when I saw her. I just, like hugged let her hug me because i'm just like lying there and like she made me feel like no it's okay like i mean you fucked up but you know it's all good like we're gonna take it from here we're gonna make sure you heal and that was helpful like i obviously i can't thank my mother enough but like having a mom like that who didn't really like give me as much shit for it as i deserved you know she just kind of like took care of me for like a month and then i went back to school <laughs> like what was the feeling like when you knew that you were gonna be okay um it's religious honestly like i my mom always talks about oh everyone who hears the story is like oh god has a plan for you word and like and i'm like ah oh, sure why not i i have way less like religious leaning sources but it's certainly like like i could have died like that's a very real because a month later after my incident some guy fell off the roof of another nyu building and definitely died he was also on some drugs. So don't do drugs, guys, unless you want to. Especially if you're not on the roof. <laughs> Especially if you're on a roof. <laughs> so that was real. Like, it, I think it didn't really hit me how close I was to death until the aftermath of, like, really, like, going over the notes, people telling me, like, how serious it was. I got back to NYU after a month, was taking my finals, was, like, meeting a bunch of people who were, like, talking about me. And, oh, shit. So that was were where it got real. loving that? Or, like, um, I think in a way that I couldn't really access. Like I did, I'm not gonna lie to you, Ted. I did try. And, I did try. You remember the kid Asher? He almost died. Oh, send him my pain. He's that's bro. what I'm like. In a way, it was like sexy. It was like holy shit. He's a talk of yeah, dude. I and, mean, you cheated death. No, and I tried to capitalize on it as much as I could, but I think the trauma was too much. Like I would be at parties, like just like smoking, drinking, Damn. talking about my shit, like it never happened. And then something would switch. I would just be like, oh, I gotta leave. I can't be here right now. Peace. Just got to be the PTSD. It, it, you you could say that. I I did try and like hook up with girls on the strength of I'm that guy. You know, like I fell off a building, man. What's up with you? What was the press coverage like right after it happened? Because I know that there are a ton of articles. You know, uh, people interviewed you. Yeah, but like, what, this what lady like? at Insider Edition tried to sell me my story for five grand, which at the time wait she tried. She wanted you say that she again. was like this lady from Insider Edition. Yeah, she was like, hey, we need to talk about your story. We'll give you five grand as like compensation for you telling my story. And I was freaked out because I thought I was about to get expelled from MIU. So I was like 
yeah, I'm not doing those stories, but thank you. Like you can still send me the money if you want to, but like, I'm not talking to you about it. And I think a month after I got back to school, I had like a, a disciplinary meeting with, um, not a month after, like literally days after I got back to school, they sat me down. These guys at the, I don't know what you call it. They have like the morality police at, at NYU. They like were like, you can't do this. Like, I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I almost died. Isn't that punishment enough? They're like, no, we're kicking you out of your dorm. Well, did they know the situation? I, so like, did you tell I, them? I ain't no snitch. So I didn't really want to get my friends in trouble who were living at the dorm. Yeah. So I made up a story lied a bunch and um i made it seem like it was an isolated incident just me took some bad well, i mean shit. bro it was an isolated incident that was yeah, no <laughs> it's like multiple times yeah no no that. but the the extent of like the drug use oh, okay um, yeah it was just you doing it it's one 10 time years later yourself. so there's like exactly like none of my friends knew none of them like i didn't mention any names i was just sort of like yeah my friends were partying so was i, I were, were they drugs. bugging out too they thought they were gonna get kicked out my friends yeah I, or I like think they in a way that I like to this day still love those dudes. Yeah. They're not really my friends no more. You know, like they're just like the acquaintances. You have, yeah, bro. Because they, like, they let me down dude. in a way that I can't really express to them. This is like they let me down. You know, it wasn't like. Well, why did they let you down? Because I had never done like I hadn't done as much of that shit as they oh, had. So you and feel like they should have been looking like, out for you a little bit. In a way that, like, that's on me to pick better friends, or like, that's on me to not put myself in that situation. But I, in especially like after I got back to school, like after I was on the news and all that, like them coming to me and being like, "Yo, you almost died, man! Like, we could have lost you." And then me finding out that they were like partying the night after, you know, like they were like, you know, whatever they're gonna find him and he's gonna be all right. And I was, but there was this level of. Not betrayal, because I'm the one who did the drugs. I'm the one who freaked out. But, like, I knew from that point on, like, I had to take care of myself in every situation. Like, I I couldn't really call those people friends anymore, at least not on the same level that I... I was so, like, ready to, like, belong to those guys. Like Yeah, bro, that's, and, like, a life lesson, too. And right? it's a life lesson, because um, it changed my view on a lot of things. I've had to... Walk walk back some of my optimism in life because I'm always so like I see the best in people and stuff like that that event makes me like see the best in people but also extremely cautious of any and every situation I'm so just sort of like was there was there a point that maybe you thought you said that they were partying the next night was there a point that maybe they should have put out the message that you were missing or did they not want to get were in trouble scared of getting in trouble which is like I get that there's no there's no because on any level, dude, if they went to the cops, it seems like, or seemingly, you know, from a 20-year-old kid's yeah. perspective, they're going to get in trouble. Any way you chop it up. I, I felt like I didn't want to get them in trouble the moment I, like, came to and was conscious of the whole situation. Like, oh, shit, the whole school knows about this. I'm not trying to get my friends expelled. So I do also, I imagine they had those feelings as well. Like, at 20, you're not really thinking about, like... You're just thinking you don't want to get in trouble. You're not thinking about the real consequences of like life and death. So, sure, I get it, twenty year old. But there's also like, sorry, it's a garbage pit. Go ahead. I thought you had a roommate coming in. I was no, like, no, no, good. Yeah. Um. So there's also this like um, like I get it. There's no, there's no way you guys would have been able to save my life. But there's also like I would never put my life in your hands again. You know, like I would never put myself in that situation especially not with you guys what do you think are the sh extreme positives that came from this because dude this is like surviving a freaking shark attack i mean the something like positive is like mindset wise yeah there's a lot i can do like i i've always oh, let's been, fucking go dude that was something david goggins was <laughs> <laughs> there's 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 a lot i can do like um having survived this like i i see a lot in myself that maybe like other people don't because I think, oh, I almost died. Like, and I didn't just off. I want to say sheer luck. And like, I, I still think I, I have a lot to do like on this planet. So that's like an exciting, like purpose builder. You know, you're like, I almost died. I got to make some music. I got to make some art. I got to show some love to people. I got to live life while it's here because it's not guaranteed, you know, you don't know when it's just gonna, you're just gonna make a stupid mistake and then you're done. So that's, 
that's a positive takeaway. I also like, you know, try not to trip too much about people breaking up with me. Um, <laughs> that's another positive. Like that was kind of an overreaction. The entire night before me falling off the roof was an overreaction, like an extreme personality change because someone was like, yeah, I don't want to be your girlfriend anymore. And I think like, as I've gone through a few more breakups in the last few years, like I've learned, like it wasn't that deep. <laughs> like it was never that deep. Like I wasn't, that, that wasn't the love of my life. Like that was just a person who I had a connection with. I should have maybe like been a little nicer to myself in the moment. Like I could have maybe saved myself a little bit of pain if I was nicer to myself. How many feet did you fall? 30. And the, the building was 10 stories? I guess. Like it's hard to do the math. Right. Well, you figure each story, I guess, is 10 feet. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how many. I I would say, just because of the bouncing around, it yeah. probably oh. was thirty, and like, not a direct thirty fall because a thirty foot fall is like you're dead. I'm sure. I mean, bro, you survived. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I think that's like, it's kind of why I wanted to do this. I think it's really helpful to talk about it because I don't think I've ever. You ever talk to therapists about it? No, I um, Nigerians don't do therapy. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. I I have tried to find like a therapist, but I don't think I'm I don't think I'm ready to like entrust someone like professionally speaking, like pay them money to. And it feels like you kind of already. I do a lot of therapy, you. man. Yeah. I wouldn't. No, it's not behind me, man. Because okay. I, no matter how I try to put it behind me, someone's always gonna hit me up on Instagram and be like, "Hey, ten years ago, man, you fell off a building." You know, like, <laughs> come on, my podcast and talk about it. That's how I found them. <laughs> and I think that putting it not behind me, but certainly putting it into In perspective, perspective, yeah, yes, yes, is yes, like absolutely. is important. Because I wake up every day and I'm like, "Oh shit, my arm hurts. Why?" And then I go, "Oh, that's right." Like, fell off a building and then i go through the process of like forgiving myself for falling off a building like as i'm getting ready for work i'm just like oh like i'm so mad at you for hurting my arm and in response to myself i'm like well i was 19 man i i didn't know better and i'm sorry to myself for doing that and that's part of my process you know like finding forgiveness within myself for being like i'm always so like like i said driven trying to do stuff trying to be better and it's hard to, like, the most important thing from all of this is, like, self-forgiveness, you know? Like, like, I fucked up, but also, I survived, you know? Were there any insurance claims made on your behalf or NYU for this incident? You think so? Incident? I'm asking if there were. Like, no. Like, maybe if the fire department had to be paid back for drilling, and then Shit. maybe NYU got paid they, back. That, really? I, I mean, the fact that you didn't get expelled, bro, and you just got kicked out of the dorm is, is that like interesting to me. Do you, I mean, I don't think I should have gotten expelled or... Right. Well, maybe maybe because they didn't, they didn't know the full story, though, theoretically. Um, right? I don't think the full story would have much changed that discipline. It was more like you did drugs, you were on campus, there's a zero... Yeah, tolerance dude, that's for like it. I got caught smoking the freaking bowl with my roommate 10th yeah, grade. You I also had gotten caught smoking a bunch of like oh, so it wasn't like and I, uh, it was also like I had I was living on my freshman year I was living on a floor 13 dudes who maybe 90% of us were just getting into weed <laughs> yes doing grav bombs hey, in it's the bathroom. legal now bro it is so legal now good, so like, you know, hey. um, oh my god get over it <laughs> and I think we got written up so many times. Specifically, I got written up like maybe four or five times. By like as RA? a group. Yeah. Because oh, okay. our RA was like. Smoking cheap in the dorm. <laughs> <laughs> I I cannot tell you how how much we smoked too much weed that, that year. We got, we got along swimmingly because of it. Like, but, oh, yeah. but our RAs did not love us and we got written up a lot. So that, in addition to, you know, like making a nuisance of yourself, they were like, yeah. We can't have you in the dorms anymore. You can't visit any of your friends in the dorms. You're kicked out for the rest of your time at NYU, and you also can't go into any of the dorms. Oh, shit. Persona non grata. That was the part that really fucked me. So all my friends- What does that mean? Persona non grata. Yeah, just some fucking Greek shit. You can't come in here is what it means. So every time I would like, the first time I tried to like get signed into a dorm, 
he looked at my ID and then opened this like folder. Oh, the blacklist. The blacklist. <laughs> Your pick was right on the front page, dude. And he just went, uh, I am. <laughs> you can't come in, man. And he's like, you can't can't try and come inside. He was like a white guy. You're like, yo, this guy's racist. Jesus. I had, <laughs> there was no, like, I mean, there was nothing like that feeling, man, of like, damn, damn it's just me innocent. against the world. Okay, man. so you came back for finals December of um that year like a month after yeah you, know, you couldn't live in the dorms where did you move to and then how did the rest of sophomore year and then I'm junior so and senior asked, year man. look like um so i moved to uh 155th brat uh and bradhurst this is like uh harlem like off the d train uh holy the, shit uh, that's far letter dude it was like it changed my whole life because i just walked to class every day like but now i had to like get on the d train for like an hour um, it just it just changed my whole like perspective of the city because I just lived in Manhattan that the first two years, like Manhattan specifically like Greenwich Village and that like third year and a half or um, yeah for just like uh, freshman year and then like the the parts of like Beginning uh, of sophomore, sophomore year. year yeah so when I got kicked out I moved to 155th and and I lived there for three months or two and then I moved out to. Uh, Fort Green. How was your mental health at this particular time? Oh, trashed, man. Absolutely. But I think the idea of like, I just got to get through this semester. I just got to get through this year. It was helpful. I hadn't even, I was in NYU's uh, liberal studies program at the time. So I didn't have like a major specifically, but I had to pick one like eventually. Like, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll try some politics classes. So I took um, political theory. That was what I took that freshman year. And then my sophomore year, I, I was in a class when I fell, which was like power and politics. He let me like get a pass fail on it. Like I didn't have to do the final or anything like that. Um, and I was still like trying to figure out who I wanted to be as a person, like academically. So my mental health wasn't even like, I wasn't thinking about like, Oh, I'm going to go see a therapist or I'm going to like take a break this summer. It was more like, I got to get ahead of this. I've like missed out on a little bit of time, like from falling down. So I need to like catch up. I need to like start like, you know, like figuring out what my major is going to be, like how how I'm going to graduate from the school. Without, so what's like, that thought process? Like, oh, holy shit, I'm so thankful I'm alive. Let's look for all the difficult things in life right now. Um, because you just went through the most difficult thing. There was a little Likely bit of like... Of all time. There, there was a little bit of like, oh, I, I do want to like try like, and alive. get with girls and like up. try and like be the popular guy on campus, sure. like be something different. Yes. And that was the point where I started meeting a lot of people outside of my circle at NYU. <laughs> started to like show up to a party and uh, like someone who I'd like seen freshman year who I like thought was really cool would like walk up to me and just be like, yo, you're the dude who fell off the building. Oh my God. And be like, yo, what's up, man? Nice to meet you, Kevin. <laughs> Let's be Facebook friends or whatever. Oh, yeah, and Facebook it was like, it, it was like a dream come true on some level for me that I really didn't understand because I would go into spaces and I wouldn't they have to who explain who I was. People would already especially have especially at NYU, especially at NYU. And then I went. I had this writing class that, like, I fell for this girl there, and she was like, "I know your story. We should hang out." Blah blah blah. Um, a lot of heartbreak from trying to be this like you're trying to just popular, trying to it. latch on to like this like personality. And by the time I figured out what I was doing, I was already like a junior. Like I'd already like. By the time I figured out, like, oh, shit, I'm trying to juice this shit. It was because this girl I had a crush on. It's always about a girl, man. Yeah. She cussed me out at this party. She was, like, coked up or whatever. But she was saying, she was spitting some real shit. She was like, you're just, like, not the same anymore. We met freshman year, and I thought we were chill, like, friends. And she just cussed me out. She was like, you're just not the same anymore. You're just, like, doing all this, like weird shit and i just like nobody likes you here Yo. like for real nobody actually likes so you. so did you think you were invincible a little bit at this point i, did I feel that yeah I felt, I felt like a, i felt like a badass in like putting my my trauma to the side like to the back of my mind like i felt like a badass i was like i survived this shit oh like, yeah it's like I'm you survived ready. a yeah. hit in the mafia you survived a fucking shark like attack. 50 like, cent got shot up nine I survived. Fucking times. Yeah. you got I'm shot like, 10 like, times i'm ready least. i'm ready to go for this shit i'm ready to like put out yeah. some music i'm ready to become the biggest rapper of all time and that was the mentality going in from 2013 up until like just when i was about to graduate i think things changed like when all the friends that I thought were like, you know, my friends just started to like fade away. Cause like a story like that doesn't last forever. You know, nobody gives a fuck about that, especially we in NYU. Do. 
where stuff like that happens all the time. And I, at some point, my fame started to like really like burn out. And that's when I thought like, oh shit, it's just me. You know, like it's not really like, there's no, there's no story. Like it's just me and I got to like deal with my shit on my own. And did that lead to you making an entire rap album about the fall? It led, it led to a bunch of albums about the fall, but certainly like the first one that I put out was like 2015. Yeah. Right around when I was like, oh, this like I need to make something out of this experience. Yeah, you got to use yeah. it your life. Experience. I was living with my friend Nick, who 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 helped found me, find me, and we just like would go to the NYU Tisch uh, recording studios. Like they have like post production suites there. Yeah. So we would like record raps there. He'd make me beats. Like I was working at this coffee shop like at the time, so I'd come home from my my shifts at like one a.m. We'd link up. We'd like make a couple beats. Like spend the night like rapping and. And then, like, we just put something out, you know, like, our friends would be like, yo, that's fire. Like, you guys should make more. My mom would be like, yo, this is sick. Like, I love, like, you and Nick making music. We should we should do it. So we we tried for, like, at least a, a year and a half. But shit just got, like, weird between us. I think it was, like, he felt um, like I was using him for his beats. And, like, an amazing producer, by the way, still is to this day one of the best producers I've ever, like, worked with. But it started to get in the way of our friendship. And he was like, I'm not recording you like just when you want and like shit like that. So the music should became just a me thing after then. Because uh, when we graduated in 2016, I moved out, went to live with another friend and we just like lost touch for a while. You still stayed in uh, New York City though when you moved out? Yeah, I never left. Um, aside from like some summers when I went home to Pittsburgh to be with my mom for a bit, I, I spent like, I moved from uh, Bradhurst to Fort Greene and then after Fort Greene uh, Nick and I moved to this place on East 7th after East 7th we moved to Prospect Park and after Prospect Park I we went our separate ways and then I moved to was up Pacific Street which is somewhere Crown Brooklyn. Heights Crown Heights right in between yeah. like Crown Heights and Bed-Stuy yeah like right off there. the C train like yeah. Utica stop um, so I, I just right by that park was so nomadic I was just like living like every year would just like live somewhere else and how long have you been at your current spot um three months oh wow and it's with your girl too right this is the first roommate that i actually like let's go yeah Yeah, dude it's hard to share a freaking bathroom with bros there's (laughs) freaking pubes all over the place dude yeah you gotta get in there sometimes with that uh clorox (laughs) wipe you know sometimes occasionally bleach Bleach that shit bro this is this is quite the freaking story man i'd say before we get out of here though I, i would like to know I know we briefly spoke on it, but what do you think or how do you think this impacted your life going forward? Realizing kind of like the people that you're in college with from the ages of 19, 20, 21 in general, people don't really stay friends with. No. But I think you kind of knew this right away. So how did that I, affect you? And then um, I guess, dude, nine years later, you're sitting on this couch. What does your <laughs> mindset look like on a day to day basis? Um, OK, that's that's a really great question. I think like figuring it out like in lifetime that like these people won't be here forever because I won't be here forever like was helpful because I I think I like I work at a coffee shop now and I spent most of my day talking to people like at least trying to make them feel you flip the thing around to then they add the extra tip yeah yeah dude i fucking hate that thing dude i mean as a customer food service sucks but you know what um, absolutely props to you man it uh give this guy a dollar give me a dollar please next time you see me (laughs) put a dollar in my tip jar and a lot of like forming genuine connections with people is what i like i think that's what I've taken away from this because I, at the same time, like I lost my friends, like they weren't there for me. I, I feel horrible about the way like our dynamics went down, but I also don't think that those were genuine friendships because I went into them trying to be part, trying so hard to belong to something and not even truly understanding what I was trying to subscribe to. You know what I mean? Like, um, like especially leaving high school where I had already like been in like clicks and stuff and it hadn't worked out. I I wanted so badly to be in this clique of friends that I thought would validate me as a person, and it like changed you as a person. Yeah, and when to it try all, and hang out with them, it, it did. I changed myself. I mutated my personality at least slightly just to be able to be more appealing. 
Like that so happens like a, with girls all the time, as yeah. you bros know. So don't change yourself for don't no girl. Do it. Dude, She's not worth it. Yeah. She she doesn't love you like that. And she you don't love her you. like that. Yeah. You also don't love her like yeah. that. And that's what I mean. Genuine connections, like being as authentic from the jump has has been like the best thing I, I could do for any friendships or potential friendships or relationships. Because it's so hard to like keep up a an, a persona or an aesthetic or some like just being yourself like all the time is way easier than like trying to adopt some other characteristics that aren't you. So what taking away from this is like I I have no choice but to be myself because at the end of the day I'm not some story about falling off a building. I'm just Asher, you know, like and I can I can try and be, you know, like more eccentric i can try and be more exciting or i can try and like lie about who i am but at the end of the day that that is it takes a lot of work and i'm kind of lazy honestly lately. <laughs> like, i just want to be who i am and i want to be happy about who i am so when i meet someone i think i i do a really good job of one not pretending or trying to like appeal to who they are too much but also to presenting myself in a way that is open and honest and is like a real version of me. Like I don't, I don't like sugarcoat who I am. I don't try to be someone I'm not anymore. And I'm grateful for that lesson because that's a lesson that I see a lot of people, they haven't really learned yet. And it like, it takes feel, some time. I feel for bad sure. for them, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 29 at the end of this month. I'm not a kid anymore. 19 is like such a long way from, from where I am now, I still remember what it was like to be that person just like trying to find something to latch on to, you know what I mean? And now that like I'm 29 and it's not like I have one thing I'm latching on to me. I'm just like being myself, learning about who I am more and being grateful for the time I got, you know? Dude, Asher Vong Town, man. This is crazy, bro. I feel like I've known you for 10 years, man. Before we get out of here, anything coming up in 2023, uh, we're going to pop up your Instagram right here so you, yeah. you can just tell us uh, things that are going on and where we can find you. Uh, honestly, I uh, have been uh, really quiet on the music front, but I got some new stuff coming out in, in June at some point. Um, yeah, hopefully you can put my SoundCloud up there. If not, would like, love to, bro. Anything yeah. anything that um, that helps for sure. Maybe we can play your music. Right now, if you don't want to freak, if you don't copyright us, we'll pop it up right now. <laughs> Play a little music. Oh my god! Oh, what awesome. a oh, this is perfect. What a great song <laughs> what a great here, song. dude. Song. But, but, uh, pop up your Instagram here. So, what is your Instagram, man? Uh, it is Mercurial underscore Ash. Spell 